0: We have probably all used the phrase, hindsight is 20 haven't we? Hindsight is twenty-twenty. This usually is something that we say when we're looking back at a decision that we made, something that we could have done differently, but that we didn't do. And now as we're looking back, we see, oh, it was obvious I should have done X or I should have done Y, I should have done Z. There's this sense of lament in our heart that we've lost an opportunity, somehow missed the boat, and and now eternity will be different because of the choices that we make. It's a heavy, heavy thing to think about, lamenting poor decisions in retrospect. But the fact of the matter is that there are tremendous lessons that we can learn by looking back at mistakes, right? Looking back at decisions that we've made that may not have been the appropriate. Ignatius Loyola a number of uh, centuries ago developed a way of looking back Developed a way of praying that helps us to learn lessons From the past and to be able to apply them to the present and even to be able to discern what God is doing in the future Leading us into in the future He called this prayer the daily examine The daily examine It's the kind of prayer that you pray pray sometime in the afternoon or evening, and you look back over the course of the day, finding ways that God was at work in your life or your circumstances over the course of that day. The underlying principle is that God can be found in all things, every conversation, every decision, every Meeting that we have with people every thought every feeling that we have God can be found in those things And so at the end of the day as we look back over the course of that day We are paying attention to what was happening in us and around us and through us We might spend some time naming the blessings that we've experienced over the course of that day. Oh I didn't realize that 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 event, that conversation was such a blessing to me. But now as I look back over it, I I see how God was in that. Mm -hmm. We may spend some of that time praying about the significant emotions or desires that come to the surface as we're remembering what we did that day. God is involved in our feelings and our desires. We can pray for God to help us to see the day through his eyes. That's different, right? We look at life through our own eyes, our own perspective, our own context. But part of the daily examine is saying, Lord, how how did you see this day? How can I look at the things that happened, the things that were said through your eyes? We can rejoice in the things that brought us closer to God. Or we could ask forgiveness for the things that drew us away from God. We might conclude by asking God, the God who has been in the past over the course of the last 24 hours, asking that God to also be a part of the future. Lord, how can I be led more clearly into the future that you have for me? One of the key components of this daily examined prayer is gratitude. Gratitude is a key to knowing God. Gratitude is a key to being able to pray and to understand what God is doing in our lives. Gratitude helps us to find God in all things. You know what it's like, right? The happy things. Oh, it's easy to see God in the happy things. Thanks for the raise. Thanks for the answered prayer. Thanks for the things that went well. But God can also be found when we're when we're grateful for the things that didn't go so well. The, the discouraging things, the things that may have defeated us. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So a classic way of beginning this daily exam and prayer is to ask the question, For what moment today am I most grateful? As I look back over the course of my day for what am I most grateful as Lynn and I look back over the last three and a half years there are several things for which we are especially grateful and we want to share those with you this morning Lynn can start
1: If you asked me on August 9th, 1980, what I was most thankful for. That was our wedding day, by the way. Oh, I I remember now. I would (laughs) have said, well, I'm thankful for David, for a man who loves God and who loves me. If you had asked me one day in the fall in 1983, what I was most thankful for on the day that we finally got our first car after three years of marriage, a little red Honda Civic hatchback, I was driving down Quincy Shore Drive, just (laughs) grinning, like, I'm driving, I'm not walking to work, I'm not riding my bike to work. I would have said, well, the thing I'm most grateful for today is a car, right? If you had asked me on July 26th, 1984. And some of you were there that day, actually. How cool is that, that you're here today? That was the day my first child was born. And I would have said, I'm most grateful today for a healthy baby. If you had asked me in the fall of 2002, after I'd had major surgery, uh, back fusion surgery, and had recovered and uh, was able to finally hike again, and There we were at the base of Arethusa Falls up in Crawford Notch. If you'd asked me that day what I was most grateful for, I would have said God's beauty and these friends that we are sharing it with. Actually, if you asked me any Sunday that we had sung God's praises together, any Sunday that we had sung It Is Well together, what I was most grateful for, I would have said, my salvation my, my church family that shares that with me so there's lots of, of highlights to our life but but for today we we kinda wanna take the long view of this daily examine and, um, and, and share the, the big the big picture so that for which I'm most grateful today is that I've been blessed to be part of a body with brothers and sisters who have a rich dynamic day by day relationship with the lord i love my church i love the church of the nazarene i've been a nazarene all my life and i've loved every church i've ever been part of and today i'm thankful for the new beginnings church of the nazarene i'm thankful that god brought us here our time has been short much shorter than we thought it would be but it's been precious And so to prepare for this message this week, as we were thinking about giving thanks in all circumstances, we've been reading through 1 Thessalonians. And I invite you to join me in 1 Thessalonians. You'll find it after Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. It's easy to flip right past 1 Thessalonians. But don't do it. Find 1 Thessalonians with me. If you're using your phone, Or a tablet, easy peasy, just type in 1 Thessalonians 1-1. And away we go. Chapter one, verse one. I'm reading from the New International Version. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that great? Isn't that fantastic? What an amazing verse. It's short, so I'm going to read it again. Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Why isn't this a memory verse? This is an exciting verse. Did you catch what's happening in this verse? Do you notice how Paul begins this letter? He just calls himself Paul. This is the only church that Paul does this. He doesn't give himself a title. He doesn't explain by what authority he's writing this letter. He just calls himself Paul. No other title. I mean, not, not that the gospel of Christ does away with leadership organization, um, leadership charts. The, the church of Christ does not need to do that. But, but what he's saying here is that the gospel causes us to join ranks and to serve together, and I love that. Isn't that beautiful? And then, Paul is writing to a church that is in Christ. I love those words. You are in Christ. He's implying a rich, dynamic, day-by-day relationship. So again, let me say that what I'm most thankful for today is to be a part of a body with brothers and sisters who have a rich, dynamic day-to-day relationship with the Lord, brothers and sisters who are in Christ with me. I have brothers and sisters who are in the word every day. I have brothers and sisters who are in prayer today, and often it's for me, and I'm so appreciative. What a blessing. I have a family in Christ who has served the Lord together with me. Do you know, I know I have a bad memory, So maybe this has happened, and I just don't remember. But I truly don't remember ever, not once, calling any one of you and asking you to share ministry with me. I have no memories of anyone ever saying no. I've called, and and you've said yes. You've joined me in teaching, and leading, and working, and planning, and hiking, and music, And ministry to others in so many places and in so many ways we've been the church together and we've grown deeper in our relationship with the Lord together as we've done that it's a beautiful thing I've had a variety of people join me just this year with the fifth and sixth grade class but mostly it's been Heidi and I and uh, we wanted our precious younger brother and younger sister in Christ Uh, to grow to know God like we do. Uh, It's important to know who God is, right? And to keep learning each of those truths in a deeper and deeper way. And so this fall you might have seen um, one of these images. They were in um, the cafe for a while. Uh, Right now they're on the wall in our classroom. This was some artwork we created together one Sunday after a series of lessons about who God is, what God is, the rock solid foundation of our faith, these truths that we stand on. We created these pieces. There's a close-up picture of a couple of them so that you can see them a little better. We have a God who is, a God who provides, who forgives, who is good, who is love, who is holy, and so much more. We need to know these truths beyond a shadow of a doubt. And we need to keep learning them in deeper and deeper ways, on deeper and deeper deeper levels. And we do this by reflecting these attributes of God to one another. I love that verse in Psalm 60 that says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. The light has come. And we can reflect that light. Praise God. That verse, uh, Psalm 60, verse 2, look it up later today. It says that the Lord rises and that his glory is upon us and we see it in one another. And when we see God in one another, we come to know him more, don't we? And when we see our our fellow brothers and sisters growing deeper in their relationship with God, it makes us believe all the more, doesn't it? It stirs our hearts. It makes us want to go deeper in our relationship with God too when we're all walking with God, it helps all of us to keep walking with God, doesn't it? And so this thing that I'm most thankful for this morning, this body of Christ, has helped me to see God more fully, to know him in all these ways, to know him and to claim his love, his strength, his goodness, his holiness, and so much more in a In a deeper in a more complete and deeper way so thank you lord and thank you
0: that for which i am grateful are the ways in which this congregation has shown up this past tuesday evening something let loose and there was flood water pouring out of our church A couple texts were made and next thing we had a crew of a half half a dozen of us with a shop vac and a home carpet cleaner. We were able to suck up most of that water and throw it out the door. When the serve pro people came a couple days later, they took off the baseboards and there really wasn't much else they had to do because we had gotten to it so quickly. Half a dozen people showed up with the right tools and a willingness to work to solve a problem. I remember about three years ago, the people that showed up to build the children's playground, gotten that donated from a company down in Massachusetts and on several Saturdays, a group of a dozen people or so showed up and each of them had the right tools, some of them really powerful equipment and learned how to, to mix Cement in uh, in a blue park tarpaulin. Thanks John Owens for that innovation Just the right skills just the right passions just the right time. I think about the intergenerational Trip that we took to the Fawn Grove compassion Center last Sunday from a 10 year old to older people <laughs> Folding clothes for several days filling banana boxes full of Clothing that is probably over in Ukraine even as we speak People who came to love each other and appreciate each other's different levels of spiritual maturity. I Think about the couple times in the last few years that we have hosted the reach the beach fundraiser the Ragnar race from uh, Bretton wood down to Hampton Beach I think it is and, and our church has been a transition point in the middle of the night the middle of the night. <laughs> and yet, a couple dozen people show up to direct traffic and make and sell food. And all of this is a fundraiser so that our teens can go to Nazarene Youth Conference. The right people with the right passion showing up at the right time. I think about the handbell choir and the vocal choirs that we had before the pandemic. All different kind of people that love music that showed up and learned how to play handbells or Learned how to sing alto and bless the rest of us. I think of the vacation Bible schools. Scads of people that are necessary to, to staff a vacation Bible school. And yet there's this common love. Despite the age of the volunteers, despite the level of experience, the common thing that they had was a love for children and seeing children led to Jesus. I think about the hospitality crews that have come to help at funeral receptions. People that may not come to anything else, but they bring a potluck dish, they're willing to help serve behind the scenes. It's a beautiful thing. These times when people have shown up, times when different people with different spiritual gifts and different passions have shown up to minister and to serve one another. Each of these is an example of the the willingness that we have to be the body of Christ body of people made up of all different gifts all different passions all different levels of experience but are bound together by the Holy Spirit in these kind of places when members of this body showed up I was reminded of Deuteronomy 31 verse 8 the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you he will never leave you or forsake you do not be afraid do not be discouraged in all of these times when people showed up I was reminded that God often shows up in the person of another Christian a brother or sister in Christ God often shows up in a church a congregation a church family that is willing to shoulder the load and help with the burdens that's how I see God at work.
1: Sorry, cough drops. <laughs> I'm testing negative. My covid's gone. I've been set free. <laughs> Another thing I'm grateful for for today is that I'm part of a church family that doesn't just live a dynamic life with Christ and that doesn't just show up, but I'm part of a body that speaks up. Sometimes I open Facebook and I see that Kim has posted something. Now say what you will about the craziness of Facebook, but Kim knows how to use Facebook for good. And she's not the only one, of course. A lot of you are guilty as charged, right? Kim, like many of you, posts encouraging and thoughtful things, things that I know she's chewing on and processing and taking to heart. And she encourages me by the way she speaks up. So I'll bet she encourages you, too. So let's follow her lead and speak up all the more. And then there are many, many, many of you who hang around. You don't rush off when the last prayer is prayed. I love it. I love seeing people standing around and, and continuing to be talking about what God is teaching and how he's stretching and how you see him at work. Keep it up. Keep talking about the Lord together. And then there's the phone. Several of you, when I see your names come up on my phone, I smile because I know you're going to speak up. You're going to share the good word of the day with me and i love it just last week martha called me she told me about an insight she had had from an interesting verse in proverbs about oxen i wasn't sure i should reference this or even (laughs) read this i thought it might distract you and you'd you'd all be reading it and thinking what in the world or or maybe i'd just say well look it up at home but then you'd be thinking about you'd be distracted so I'm figuring I might as well just read it. Sh- should I read it? Okay. Proverbs 14:4. Four. This is going to bless you, this verse about oxen. Where there are no oxen, the manger is empty. It's getting to you already, isn't Amen. it?
0: Amen.
1: Where there are no oxen, the manger is empty, but from the strength of an ox comes abundant harvests. This is what Martha told me. She told me it came to her that even though the oxen make a mess in the barn, mess, isn't that a polite word? The oxen make a mess in the barn, but it takes a mess to bring in the harvest. Wow, Martha spoke up. She brought me the good word. She blessed me that day. Who knows what God's doing in the midst of our messes, but while he's doing it, Let's talk to one another about it. Let's talk to the world about it. Amen? Join us in that. 1 Thessalonians 4, 18 and five eleven instruct us that when we talk about the kingdom together, we encourage each other. Paul's talking in chapter 4 about that wonderful day when we will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the clouds together. And then he says... 1 Thessalonians 4.18, therefore, encourage one another with these words, speak up. He then writes that we share salvation with one another. We help to um, um, help one another to find true life when we speak up. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.11, encourage one another and build each other up. So what do I learn from all this? This... Speaking up. I learned that God is a speaking God. So, Evan and Kyla, maybe when we get to class later today, we need to add another rock to our artwork. God speaks. He's a speaking God. He speaks life. I always get life and light mixed up. All right, let's do this right. He speaks light into darkness, he speaks life into death. He speaks instruction and encouragement. He speaks rebuke and direction. He calls, he promises, and I don't wanna miss a word of it, do you? I want to lean in and listen more carefully. So let's always do that together, can we? Because you know, wherever we are, our phones and our computers will still work. So let's commit to listen to God together.
0: Finally, that for which I am grateful are people in this congregation who allowed me to be myself as a believer, as a pastor. I have wrestled in recent years with the word expectations. I would suggest that expectations are one of the most dangerous, damaging things that we can ever harbor in our minds we jump to a conclusion, we think we've got it all figured out, and we press somebody into a mold that's not right for them. And pastor is one of those titles that comes with a load of expectations unlike any other profession I would suggest in the entire universe. But what a joy to be able to find people who were able eventually to let go of the expectations and to figure out what makes me tick and to find out what gifts I had to offer this congregation and to give me permission to be who God made and gifted me to be. Cindy Beavers was beginning to cut in the paint out there in the foyer after doing some sheetrock repair work. She wasn't quite sure that she liked the color so she called a few people to ask them if they would stop by and render their opinions on the color that she had begun using out there. Lynn was one of the people that she called. And during the course of that conversation, Lynn says, I noticed you didn't text David. (laughs) Cindy said, why would I ask someone who's (laughs) colorblind to have an opinion about Somewhere along the line, Cindy figured out that that's not my gift. That's not where I can most helpful, be used most helpfully. As I was thinking about these expectations and people who figured out who I am and let me be me, I was reminded of that classic story in John chapter 21. After the resurrection, Jesus meets his disciples along the shores of the sea, and they have this miraculous catch of fish. And then he takes a walk with Peter. Peter, who had denied him three times just a few days earlier. And in the course of this conversation, Jesus asks a question. Do you love me? That's how it's translated in the English version. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And three times, Peter replies, yes, I love you. Yes, I love you. Yes, I love you. But as you know, there are several different words in the Greek language that are translated love in English. Come to find out the first time Jesus asked the question, do you love me, Peter? He was using the word agape. Agape is that word somehow invented by the early Christian church to describe the kind of love that Christ has for humanity, the kind of love that is willing to sacrifice itself for those who don't deserve it. This is the kind of love that God has for human beings. So he said, Peter, do you agape me? Peter replied, yes, I phileo you. Phileo is the, the word that refers to brotherly kindness. It's the kind of liking and affection that you have for somebody that you're close to, a family member or a good friend may not quite be willing to lay down your life for that friend but you love that person. I'm gonna use the word like to translate phileo. Jesus says, Peter, do you agape me? Do you love me? Peter replies, yes, I like you. Peter asks again, Jesus asks again, do you Peter, do you agape me? Peter replies, Yes, I phileo you. I like you. The third time Jesus asks Peter, he says, Peter, do you phileo me? Do you like me? Peter gets all torqued up. Yes, you know I like you. I phileo you. Lots of lessons from that conversation, but the one I want to pick up on is that Jesus recognized that he wasn't going to be able to force Peter into that agape love just yet. Oh, he'll get there. Peter will eventually give his life for his Lord and the church. But he's not there yet. So Jesus' expectations, and originally that that Peter would be able to love him and lay down his life, he recognizes, Peter, you're not there yet. I'll let you be the Peter that you are this day after the resurrection. I'll let you be the one who is still a work in progress. I'll forgive you for denying me, and I'll let you be who you are will help you to grow up into that agape love
1: so when we look back and we review what God has done and we review the things we're grateful for it helps us to know God's will for the now and it helps us to know God's will into the future so thank you joining us in our daily examine today our little altered daily examine today and i think most of you share our thankful list brothers and sisters in christ who show up who speak up and who i'm out of fingers and who know one another who love one another deeply and celebrate the gifts and use the gifts and become Together, the body of Christ.
0: Father, we do love you. And pray that as we look back over how you have been at work in our lives this day, that you will prepare us for tomorrow. Father, we pray that as we look back over the grace that you have poured out in our lives, That you will help us to recognize you more clearly as we make our way into the future. Lord, we want to discern your will and purposes. We want to be your people. We want to do what you are calling us specifically to do as individuals, as a congregation, as the body of Christ in the world. Speak, Lord, for your children, your servants are listening. In Christ's name we pray.